Life admin. Yep, it even sounds boring. No wonder it goes on the long finger. But when you do get round to it, a good place to start is by reviewing your mortgage. You really never know if there's a better option unless you look into it. That's where the Ulster Bank Mortgage Team could help. Wherever you bank, get in touch and find out about switching your mortgage to us. Just search Ulster Bank Switch. Ulster Bank. Help for what matters. Over 18s only. Ulster Bank Ireland DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Hello and welcome to Hooked, a podcast where we are going to give you all the plot hooks that you'll ever need in your role-playing game of choice. I'm your host, Nancy Weber, and with me I have two avid role players who are going to help me give you hooks today. To my left, I have... Dome Gilfoyle. Dome Gilfoyle. Dome with an extra E, just for today. Absolutely. Every day. <laughs> and to my right... Tully Grimley. Tully Grimley. Both return guests, both favourites of our audience, I can only assume. Have an audience? We have a few people. Wow. A few people listen, finally. Uh, took a while, but Fantastic. we got there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, have you ever had a getting to know you question, Tully? I have had a, had, I have had a couple of getting to know you questions. Mm. About to yeah. get another. You're about to get another. Perfect, yeah. I love that. If you can have a real life familiar, mm. what would it be? And what would you use it for? Ooh, that's... That's a toughie. Um, I'm a big fan of my in-game familiar as well. Um, I, I do love a good old barn owl. Mm. Love a barn owl. That, uh, the dark vision is lovely and flight is fantastic. I, I would just honestly be swooping around How would night. you use... Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, I just enjoy... <laughs> so just because so you, you can mind link with it, so exactly. you'll just enjoy it flying. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty much that's it. All right, Barn Owl. And what would this Barn Owl be called? Does it have a name? Ooh. Um, I, again, I'm probably going to stick with my in-game names. <laughs> I, I think Libris. Libris. Yes. The Barn Owl. Yes. All right. Dome. That me. Uh, <laughs> are we going with uh, D&D 5e rules where I would be able to change the form of the Barn Owl at will? Or is, is am, I, am I able you to look through this creature's eyes? Like how much? How make much? up this rule yourself. Like I, I, I don't want to restrict you. This is an imagine, imagination podcast. Flip yeah, then. Uh, it just, <laughs> it's just as familiar. I can change its form. <laughs> I win. Uh, probably a cat. Probably a cat. Because I already have a cat and cats are cool. It's true. Cats are I mean, cool. If there are no rules, probably like a like a smaller version of myself. <laughs> just <laughs> just like a, a tiny little just, dome guild yeah, You really like, you really just want a homunculus. Like yeah. that's yeah. Yeah, that's I'd like another homunculus. I'd like a homunculus. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. Well, if you're joining us for the first time, what we do here is we create three plot hooks for you using the inspiration of a random Magic the Gathering card and a random word. Uh, this week, the random Magic the Gathering card is Reign of Revelation. Now, Tully, do you want to describe what this card looks like? Yes, we have this... Um, this is the second... Uh, yeah, we have a sort of hippie-ish woman. She's wearing a, a poncho in the rain with a glowing eyes. poncho. Yeah, it is a very beautiful poncho. It's it is tie-dyed uh, or something. Yeah. Yes, it's um, intricately woven. Uh, lovely rainbow poncho and uh, seems to be worshipping the rain as it comes, experiencing some sort of 
Well, Reign of Revelation, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) And the word that we are using this week is display. So we're going to go around and each give you our pledge, which is just the seed of the idea. Then we'll go around and expound upon those pledges and turn each of them into something more substantial you can use in the game. And then finally, we will prestige it and make it something that you can include and give to your players. So, who wants to go first? Um, I'm happy to go first with this one. Please. So, um, this one begins, as as per usual, with a party walking into town. Um, I know, right? How, <laughs> Love a how good party. unusual, yeah. Love a party. Um, and what they see when they reach the town square, right in the centre where usually you would see a fountain, uh, a soapbox for people to stand on, some sort of central monument, instead is a localised patch of rain Mm. just pouring in this one spot. And in it, somebody standing there, frozen, eyes glowing. Okay, how how big is this this localised rain? Um, Let's call this five feet by five feet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Is it difficult to rain? Uh, I, there's a person in there, so I suppose yes. Okay, so yeah, you might need to disengage. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Dom? Dome, sorry. It's Dome today. Uh, so mine for the precipitation of uh, perspective, yeah. Um, that's right, I'm trying to be clever. <laughs> Cover it for how, how tight I am. Uh, he actually just has a giant thesaurus in front of him. Mm, yeah. Got to come up with another one for the bloody turn. Oh, God. <laughs> or whatever the second part's called. It's not the turn, is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. It's a pledge to turn of the prestige. Um, so anyway, uh, just because you might as well like keep incorporating the rain, uh, just like during a thunderstorm, uh, maybe the party's bedded down for the night in a cave or something, but there's a, it's a bit loud. You're struggling to sleep. Uh, and then one of the party like just sits bolt upright. Mm-hmm. And, and it like wakes everyone else up, those who are able to sleep, and says, I've received a message from the future. <gasps> Is it me from the future? <laughs> that's, a, that's always fun to throw at a party. Yep. Mm. Someone either pretending to be them from the future or them from the future. They just, you just pass one of them a <laughs> note. Like, so you guys, uh, you guys are going, you're betting down for the night in the cave, just passing them a note. <laughs> you, know, it's, uh, you know, it's raining outside and they're just reading it and they're just like, the face changes and it's just like, yeah, that's it's, right. It's pretty risky getting a party from the future to give you a message I mean, because I, I didn't say that it was the like the party from the yeah. future I just said mm. it's a message from the future I want to make that clear at the beginning Sorry. <laughs> that's, Keep that's fair yeah. and uh, the future isn't set in stone you can always change it yeah. maybe I'm just wondering from a story perspective if your characters somehow create a paradox how do you handle that oh then you you just loop the same session over and over again perfect Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my my pledge uh, is rather than a, your party walks into town, your party is in a town. So hopefully your town they, walks into a party. Your town <laughs> walks into a party. Uh, so if they have like their favourite place that they kind of keep going back to or if they've got a residence somewhere, this is going to be like a revival that comes to town and sets up outside and people are like, what are these strange people about? Are they good or are they bad? And they start, uh, and they're basically their shtick is getting people to uh, pay them for blessings and whatever for favorable weather um, ah. in the coming season. So if it's a pastoral town, then you want rain, lots of rain, and then followed by lots of sunshine. 
for for crops or if there's or if it's like a trade town then you want no rain you specifically because you don't want to bog down you want it to be uh, nice and dry and just yeah. enough to have drinking water yeah and so that's that's kind of the i guess the the idea that the party can go and investigate and see what happens yes okay so we have a weather revival we have a uh, very localized rain. Yes. <laughs> and we have a message from the future. So which one do we want to turn first? I'm curious about this revival, to be honest. Okay. Mm. All right. Carry on. Yeah. Uh, so I guess as a, as we need to decide whether the revival is legitimate and the problem's going to be with the town or whether the revival is the problem. Yeah. So... Mm. I guess this is really something I really like the idea of I, I guess the revival being dodgy. I love the the trope of the yeah. the shyster um, mm. revival, the, the shyster preacher yeah. who wins everybody over with this very well practiced speech and performance and is very charismatic and giving yeah. all the while then then again they do their own turn and then they start like accepting these gifts very humbly at first mm, and yeah then, yeah well, <laughs> I know what we'll they, only accept you only accept so course, much yeah. oh if you must yeah, yeah. I, I know what this town needs is a bonafide electric ride six car monorail yeah <laughs> like it's just makes sense first the rain then the monorail so I first you get first you get the rain, <laughs> then you get the sunshine, then, then you, you get, get the, the monorail, <laughs> then you get the money, then you get the monorail, then you get the women, then you get the possums, then you get the women. <laughs> I call the big one bitey. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, then you have to kind of describe what if they are going to be bad. Like, uh, do you, do you both like agree that you want the, I, them to be the? I quite like the shysters coming into town. I love love that. Um, sort of false preacher, false mm. prophet sort of trope. Yeah. I so I kind of like the idea that they are shystery, but there is evidence to back them up. Yeah. So there's not immediate, like, you're like, oh, what are you hiding? Why are you doing this? Like, what if, what's in this for yeah. you? Because they are actually doing what they say they're doing. Mm. Um, and then, and then I said, so maybe that's the turn. So maybe if the, the pastor or or the 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 reverend or whatever isn't the person pictured here. So this is kind of their their sacred child or whatever that is performing the miracles, but the pastor is the one that's kind of leading them around, leading the worship. Um, so then we have uh, some interesting dynamics, and then they have like a group of handlers that basically pack them up, put up the tents. Etc. Etc. So then you have some interpersonal relationships that you can play around with before before the party decides whether or not they're going to. I do very attack. much like like what you mentioned about having the pastor being the one that does the talking, but this this person, this woman here in pictured, being the one who actually performs whatever miracle they're promising. Yeah. Yeah. And is the but and like is this actually something that the miracle worker is? Know, conscious of or ex- like wanting to do or are they being exploited yeah yeah and I think those are the questions that you kind of have to keep planting with this this slimy charismatic uh, preacher and and the relationship with this miracle child um, that is working these miracles mm. yeah yeah is that enough for a turn I, do you I wanna... like that I like that as the turn the ambiguity yeah 
All right. Well, I'm since I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick. I want I want to talk a bit more about this very localized rainstorm. <laughs> do you have Do you have an idea of what like what's caused it or what is actually going on? So, as and this is me trying to figure out how long into the story I go with our, with this hook, but um, I definitely in the turn we find out um, in our encounters in the town that this localized rainstorm, once you're in it, you are frozen there. Um, you are stuck. And so the town, it, this is an event that's just happened, mm-hmm. and the town are using this as their um, as their gallows. No, not, not so much gallows. Um, uh, the manacles in the middle of town. The stocks. The stocks. Yeah. They're using this as... Are magical stocks. Right. And so this is where people who have committed crimes go for their penance. Um, is This is a public humiliation being stuck in the rain. And so this is, for lack of a better term, a natural phenomenon mm. that they've just kind of harnessed. Exactly. This and is, it's new? I like to think that if it's happened right in the centre of town, it's it's got to be either... The town was built around this, or <laughs> it's got to have been created. Yeah. So, so this, this is like on like a little pedestal. There's a little pedestal. It's a little pedestal here that the rain falls exclusively on. And then that leads to a, a series of gutters that drain it into like a big, uh, into like a, a well, or a, a well pond fountain. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not the most hygienic thing, but sure. <laughs> I mean, they'll be clean after a little while. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's I'll, true. I can talk to you about uh, drainage systems and sewers <laughs> in uh, an upcoming podcast on this on the TNC. By all Network. means, pl- plug it now. Um, <laughs> so, for those of you still, for those of you listening at this point in the podcast, uh, I, I have uh, just started up with my co-hosts um, Danae Bags and Lachlan Hoy a podcast called Dungeon Deep Dive, where we're going to delve into specific aspects of world building, such as how do the sewers work? How do the sewers work? Uh, that'll Magic. be about a forty-five minute episode that we'll be recording soon. Um, Is it water? Yes. Okay. Good. That's that's all you need. That's that's a good start. All right. So, if this is the gallows, and who decides who goes in there, is and how how do they manage the switchover? And what is the person in there experiencing? I guess is the other the, uh, the, the big questions. Burning questions. Yeah, like is there some sort of judge, or is it like a mayoral thing, or is it a mob justice? I'm taking this as to be a, a smallish town. Um, I don't imagine a large city would have been built around this this phenomenon. Mm. I'm thinking more of like a sheriff or a mayor that is being the judge and judge and jury for these things, mm. and the switchover is. Fairly simple, as you'd expect. You throw some, throw somebody in, escort them in, and push them into the rain. And once they are soaked, they are stuck. And the person mm-hmm. who's been pushed out slowly recovers. Recovers? From what? From just being dazed? From being dazed and paralysed. Okay. Um, this, is, this is something for our party to investigate, I suppose. Okay. And so, in the town, is it, is it like a... Is it viewed as some sort of like holy judgment or is it just a very practical thing? You walk in, you're stuck and you walk out when your time's done or... I feel like... So this is now asking more in-depth questions and I was... <laughs> I was going to leave a lot of these as loose ends, but I love exploring it. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, we can we can leave it for the prestige if you want. Oh, the, the prestige is going to be something entirely different. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep answering these questions. If 
you could almost have two factions, couldn't you? You could have people in there who see it as a divine judgment and once you've been washed pure, then you are done. And then there are others that see it as pure hogwash. They just go in there because it's the stocks, but cleaner. Right. Yeah, all right. Interesting. You've got some lovely little factions in there. You could even have your own little religious group that enjoys um, seeing this as divine judgment. Yes, the, the cult of the rain cloud or whatever. Yeah, the... You oh. need to you need to come up with a name for this. Now. Okay, hang on, hang on. Um, <laughs> oh no, the mm. flock of the flock of the storm font. Okay, I was going to go with the rainy day parade. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, uh, so well, I mean, let's go to a domes uh, dome suggestion here. So, what did you have anything specific yeah. planned for the turn? So. Like my idea is that uh, you know when the you know the person who's received this message like is asked to clarify, they say that they you know they clarify. Oh, I don't know what the message is. I'm supposed to deliver it to someone. So yeah, is is this? A- they don't quite understand either. They just like basically the idea is the note would say something like, "You have received a message from the future. You it you all you know like you." You, it like it is locked inside you when you reach your destination. Right. You, it will, you know, it it will make itself known, and it's just like they they know where they have to go, but they don't know why or what will happen when they get there. They just know that someone in the future has put this inside their head. Right. And so I guess that is is really the question of whether or not they trust mm. their party member or, or the message or the message itself. Mm. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of this this whole almost ticking time bomb of information or of whatever the message will take the form of that you've got to choose whether you ignore it and just leave it be or whether you follow it to a, where it's leading you and hope that it's a good message. Yeah. And, I, and I guess it's the timing as well. Like if you're in the middle of, if they're in the middle of a mission and this message is like, okay, this we meant to be going to A, but this message is telling us to go to B now. Mm. This would be great if you've got a time-sensitive... Mm. Uh, if you've got something time-sensitive um, in the works and then you throw them this that you know is theoretically possible to do both things, but they're going to be cutting it fine. Yeah. And almost making them choose between definitely being able to complete their first mission or trying to edge in both. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that is definitely... If you want to have a party role-play heavy session... I think this is a good one to throw at them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like they don't quite know what it is, but it's the sort. It's the beginning of a of a few discussions. Probably. It's it's the beginning of hours of speculation. Yeah. is what it yeah. is. <laughs> All right. No, I really like that. That's that's fun. That's mm. fun. That's fun thing to throw at a player. Mm. Um, you probably want to pick. You, you probably want to pick which player it is, kind of wisely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess. And again, like I don't know if you know from the prestige whether this is actually. Real, but I guess I guess in a party like probably someone who would have the ability to do some sort of time magic would lend itself. Or are you talking more personalized, personality-wise? I think it would. Uh, um, I want to get to the prestige about it. Um, yeah. Before we talk about uh, further, because I do have <laughs> some ideas. Okay. Um, yeah. I see. I quite like the idea of. I don't know how you've. So, mm-hmm. Do you know how these this person has? Been delivered this message. I have. An, I have some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But no. Keep going. Like, what are your What are your thoughts? Well, I I do like the idea of this being an ambiguous message from mm. somebody who 
communes with uh, a patron or a deity, um, be it, you know, if we're looking um, specifically at D&D, like a warlock or a, a cleric or a druid, yeah, yeah. someone who regularly communes and gets vague messages mm. from their patron um, or from their, their god, and having this be something similar but maybe not quite the same form that they were getting before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's always fun. Where it's just like you, you, you give the you give the religious player like like something in their mind, and it's just like, is this my god? And you're just like, could, it could, could be. be, you know. There's nothing saying it's not. Yeah, you know, um, you don't recognize the voice, but then again, it's never really been a voice when you've heard your god's voice. Well, yeah. yeah. Last time it was a flock of doves. This time yeah. it's a murder of crows. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the prestige then, shall we? Or I guess do it. What do we want to call? What do we want to call your message? Just a, just a message from the future. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> got something. I've got so, it's, it's not it's there. It's so close. It's so close. <laughs> we'll let, we'll leave it. We'll, we'll this once. I'll let you have till the prestige to name it. Um, all right. Well, let's go back to the the revival. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a revival entering the town. All of their history seems that they can work miracles, but. Something seems off. Something seems mm. off. So I guess now you have to decide what it actually is. And I think, and this is just my own twisted personality mm. telling a story here, is I think the, the miracle child is has some sort of servitude to the pastor. Um, or the, the miracle child is, uh, is harvesting belief from... Working these these weather miracles uh, to to some other nef- more nefarious end. So I don't know whether you want to make the child the bad guy, or if you want to make the pastor the bad guy. You can really go either way. Could, oh, which which you could absolutely do both. I I enjoy the idea of having not um, been a game master for any of these yet. Mm. I do enjoy the idea of punishing my players <laughs> for their choices. Um, <laughs> And I love the idea that um, they that potentially you make it only very subtle, and if they do choose to align themselves with the pastor, yeah, to reveal at some point past their control that they have doomed this person to eternal servitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> uh, those choices are always good. I, I think, like, if you have if you have a party that's inching towards evil, that's a a good message Most to send. Parties. Most, some parties, some parties more than others. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. All the parties I've ever been in. Funny, <laughs> I don't what? I kind of like the idea of having both the pastor and the the child being bound by the spirit that is within the child. So this, okay. if the child is possessed by some sort of like uh, like elemental that can, can control the rain, mm. say, and then this elemental is basically holding the child hostage, making the pastor do its bidding, which is why it's like he's so disingenuous, but yeah. doing the best he can. Spread the word, I yeah, want to yeah. be everywhere. Yeah, and so whatever this this uh, this elemental's goal is to build up a following, I guess. Well, if if we're going that far, why don't we take it one step further? It We've seen the history. We know that this works for a lot of places, mm-hmm. and they now perhaps worship this elemental do we have an elemental that wants to ascend to a god yeah well probably and and that is the thing like if you 
I think if you choose to, if you're a low-level party and you choose to try and separate this elemental from the from the child, and then you succeed in destroying or banishing the elemental, then you might have the cults that have sprung up in its wake coming to get coming you to afterwards, get you. and that could be a high level down the road sort of thing. And even better if they're if they're um, dependence on the good weather that this is brought is then um, well if it pays off, plays out then that they no longer get good weather but they have a dry spell in a farming yeah. community or a wet spell in a trading village then um, you're going to have a that's lot on of you very well. angry people <laughs> and that's on you and and I guess also the town mm. uh, if, yeah. if you have if this is your place your preferred place to kind of come home to then yeah, that that all that ire is going to be turned onto the community if you're not there to accept it. Yeah, there's a there's like several different ways you could turn it into a difficult moral choice. Like mm. like depending on the context, like if the child is being held prisoner or something, like maybe you that it's a difficult choice to, you know, do you save the child or do you? Um, you know, this is, yes. Yeah. Or, yeah. or do you preserve the rain making or like if. Like if you want to stop this elemental and stuff, like that, you could you, you can twist it in a few different ways. I like. Yeah, it. this is also a good space to um, place to put in somewhere near your hometown, or even even in the adventurer's uh, home space. Um, it's an interesting thing to come back to and see the political developments with the surrounding towns. Yeah, absolutely. As as they venture out and then come back. Mm. All right. Well, that I'm going to call that one the Rain Child Revival. Because that's what it is. Beautiful. Now, yes. Well, did we end up naming naming yours? What did um, we, what did I, we call? I had the the flock of the storm font. Right. Yes, yeah. the storm font. Rain on my parade, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you had ideas for the prestige. So yes. So what I'm seeing here, it's kind of developed as you asked more of those questions. If we have a, a quasi religious following, um, as new people are brought to the stocks, we see. Um, worship happening mm. is the flock of the storm font stands by to watch as this changeover happens and then on one morning you see the entire flock of the storm font standing out in the square and their leader pushes the current person out of the font mm. and steps in herself <gasps> and you start to see this rain expand over the entire town oh no and uh, that's when the flock of the storm font, standing as they are, all seem to move in uh, in strange unison, and all of those who were not worshippers uh, start to join them. And if you and you have your party stuck wherever they are, indoors or outdoors, <laughs> and you have to avoid the rain. And you have to you avoid go. the rain wherever you go. That's fun. That, that's a fun adventure. You'll have all your gnomes trying to invent umbrellas, or <laughs> Every pretending single one of them, <laughs> or pretending that they already have invented umbrellas. And yes, just I, got, I call it the Hooch umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> You've got one magic user trying to use control water, or trying to find the library to get yeah, it. Yeah, just yeah. explaining to them over and over again that that's not how you can't like. Re- no. <laughs> Come on, just if I cast tiny hut right here, and then we inch just like. Three feet forward, and then I cast it again. <laughs> so in in this scenario, I think so. If if the rain actually falls on you, then that is that is it. The water, the runoff water is fine. Et the runoff water is fine, but if the rain is falling on you, you are under the control of 
the, of yeah. the rank. So what I want to know now, and you can say that you don't know, where does this rank come from? Did the leader of the cult start this and then orchestrate this following? Or what is the leader of the cult being controlled by whatever caused the rain? Or is the leader of the cult using the rain for their own purposes? You see, I, from a narrative sense, I really enjoy the idea that this is some greater force that the uh, the leader was trying to harness for their own use. Right. And got instead partially used succeeded. by... Yeah, partially <laughs> succeeded and is yeah. instead being used by this this force. And I just had a great idea which would need a little bit of cooperation by our party members if they were into it and if not creating a different story. But this is a great opportunity for it to discover a person of great potential and for you to to create a new warlock class. Mm. To have your patron being... A the, rain uh, cloud. Yes, being <laughs> being the, the storm font. Yeah. All right. Can you, and Interesting. Then we have a player perpetually shrouded in, <laughs> in rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. It's not always like being rained on, but it's always just soaked through. And whenever you put new clothes on, just gets they soaked just through. soak through like within 10 minutes. It's just or constantly whatever. wet. That's the most annoying thing I can imagine in the world. Oh, that that would cause some conflicts in civilized areas, wouldn't it? Mm. Walk into walk into a shop and the shopkeeper's just going, "No, get out of here! How are you? <laughs> how are you soaked through?" All right. So the final one that we've got to talk about is the message from the future. Now you have ideas. I do. So this one, um, it's I, like I feel like the first two parts, like you can like take and do what you will with. Really, it's kind of like a. It's it's an interesting thing to put in your party and yeah, like sizzle. Yeah. I think I think that can, can be considered a, a complete kind of hook on its own. Then you can put something there. My idea for a con- completion to it is one that um, so you kind of playing into the whole um, the party members don't know whether to trust it or not or who is it? Do we trust? Is this mm. good or bad? My idea is that so you, you put it at a at an imp- important point in the in the story where they're going on a mission to do something crucial they might not yeah, know it's yeah. crucial but it is and if they get sidetracked and don't go to do the mission they were doing and go after this message basically like i'm not they it turns out that the message was from what the person them from the future and it was intentionally causing them to get sidetracked so they would fail in doing their other mission right um possibly even like <laughs> causing a great catastrophe because it was better than the alternative Right, and then right. and then you have your whole party fighting against fate. Um, um, yeah, like, yeah, and but also like if you make it the future version of one of them, it's just like you like I don't know Balthazar triumphed over the like he the siege was uh, was broken and like it's all you know the terrible thing that we didn't want to happen happened because we weren't there we were following this message and that was the intention of the message yeah, was yeah. to get you to fail in that it's just like. You gotta trust future me, guys. I swear I'm not evil. I must have the right. I must be doing this. It must have been the only way. I think that's really interesting, especially if you can form some sort of like restricted communication with mm. your future self, like ongoing. Yeah. So like they can send you back like yeah. the artifacts of like <clears throat> a wanted poster for for someone that you particularly like, yeah. or yeah, like uh, trying to convince you that this catastrophe was for the best yeah. or, oh. or you can or you could keep it like super 
like again give them nothing yeah and just be like the, like oh. it turns out the message the the person that you delivered the message to it's gone now it, no, it's you like you <laughs> the, the person who got the message they were delivering it to themselves they just had to be on a like too far away to change so what then, they were doing yeah. anymore so now they unlock the other half and go oh fuck I, I see now. <laughs> oh, it, it's just like a. Oh, it's me, isn't it? Oh no. I really like the idea, especially if you've got a, a party that's that's leaning towards evil, or at least sits solidly in the neutral. If this is definitely not for the greater good, but they had a personal defeat wherever they are, mm. where the future that they would have seen would have seen them all killed, and they succeeded, mm. but they all died, yeah. and so this is your future self telling you. No, it's not worth it because we die. Yeah, it's like it, you, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a hook you can twist to your own party. It's just like yeah. like would they would they heroically sacrifice themselves? Well, now their 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 future self is averting that for the for the like for the for the few rather than the many. Or if they're tending towards being the bad guys, maybe then the, their future person turns out being good. And it's just like no, no, you like you you didn't defeat the evil. We need to try again. It's just like but we. I I I, if, I don't want to try again if we died the other time. No. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I really like that. Do you have a name for it? Um. <laughs> I'm gonna. I like. I tried to find a better way to twist it. Uh, lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Because it's a message in the bottle. Yeah. But it's yeah, happens yeah. during a thunderstorm. So yeah. All right. So we have lightning in a bottle. We have the storm font, the block of the storm, block of the storm font, and we have the rainchild revival. Uh, so we are released under a. Uh, <laughs> a no derivatives, non-commercial, share alike license. You can read more about that in our show notes, uh, which basically means that you can use these however you want in your private games. But if you're going to reproduce them, just ask us first. Uh, so, Dully, Dungeon Deep Dive. Yes, Dungeon Deep Dive. We will be launching on the 31st of July uh, with a couple of episodes dropping then and then weekly on Wednesdays. Wonderful. And Dome. I'm sorry, was this plugs? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I... So sorry. Um, so I I also host the uh, the podcast. Everyone wants to be a cat on this network. We talk about cats. And you have great shirts. Oh, I make my own shirts too. Uh, <laughs> you do have fantastic shirts. Yeah, this one is this one isn't one of them. This is a Futurama shirt because I'm a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on T Public. Uh, Dom Gilfoyle. D O M G U I L D O M G U I L F O Y L E on T Public. If you I don't know, want to alienate everyone in your life by wearing one of my shirts. They are fantastic. Thank you. And everyone in your life deserves to be alienated. Frankly, yes. Yeah. All right. I've been Zane C. Weber. Thank you for listening. We'll be back same time next week with more plot hawks just for you. Until then, have fun. Dalio.
Hi, I'm Morgan Phillips and I'm a human. And I'm Isabella Vallette and I'm also a human. But I was raised by fairies. And now I'm taking my human friend Morgan in to meet all of the mythological creatures that I know. Every Sunday we meet a new mythological creature and interview them about their life in a modern day context. Such as... The Night King from Game of Thrones. Funicular, the friendly vampire brother of Dracula. We've met the Loch Ness Monster. Santa. The Volpertinger. The Devil. And a Mermaid. And many more. We release all our interviews as a podcast called Off of the Fairies, where we interview a new mythological creature every week living in a modern day world. Come join us. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. They say you only get out what you put in and with recipe ingredients there's no exception. You can always rely on the great taste and quality of Kerrygold Irish butter. Kerrygold has teamed up with some well-known food experts to feed your imagination. Whether you are baking, brunching or barbecuing, check out kerrygold.com for ideas or follow the how-to videos and recipes at Kerrygold on Instagram. Quick question. What were you doing at exactly this time yesterday? If you were applying for a business loan from Linked Finance, you'd already have an answer by now. If you're getting back in business, we can help you access fast, no-hassle finance with credit decisions within 24 hours. It only takes two minutes to apply online with an answer within 24 hours. Cut through the banking bureaucracy with Linked Finance. Just search Linked Finance today. We're open for business.